0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center.
1: We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris Lotsball. Hey there. (laughs) And we are in, uh, actually we're this is this will be like a little bit of Old Testament déjà vu. We're just hearing the same story over and over and over. It seems like today more than what we've had over the past couple of days.
0: Almost all the stories repeated 3 times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? If you listen to the if you listen to the reading afterwards, you'll really grasp what's going on. <laughs> um so we get the the first kind of story is about this vineyard owner. Um there's a little bit in here about a feast, and then there's some stuff about taxes and resurrection.
0: Hey, we just pretty basic. Yep, we just covered it all today. No,
1: no, no big topics to deal with here. At will all. you
0: pay taxes in the resurrection?
1: Ah, uh, man, who knows? Probably not. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you definitely won't file married. Uh, this is true. Married filing jointly will not be an yes, option. Yes,
0: that that that's a good point. <laughs> we are clear on that one. So anyway, we've got this uh, the vineyard parable here, which is kind of interesting that Jesus is telling the religious leaders this story in parable form and it's pretty apparent to them uh, that he's talking about them mm-hmm. uh, and just he's kind of giving them a, a story like reminder of the past that all these prophets came and they rejected them they didn't listen and then God sent his son but when his son came they actually killed his son so it's it's kind of this recounting of history but it's also a bit of a prophecy here that the religious leaders are gonna kill the son uh, and so it's pretty wild that they realize that he's talking about them. And they get really angry, and then they go out and fulfill his prophecy. They go out and kill him. We're so mad. We're going to make
1: sure this comes true. It, it's
0: it's just, yeah, it's just really interesting. But uh, he, it's every author uh, that recounts the story, they make it very clear that the people realized that he was talking about them. So some parables are a little bit hard to figure out who's the the points yeah. in the story, but this one is about as clear as it gets.
1: You know what's weird? As I was reading over the story, like... In some ways, this pretend parable story about this vineyard owner just strikes me as like, oh, this is terrible. More than like the Jews actually killing, mm. like the, not the Jews, but like the leaders of the the day killing Jesus. Um, I guess because I've just heard, I've heard the Jesus story so much that it doesn't seem quite so scandalous. Probably the power of story.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. It's like, even if we remember back in the Old Testament when Nathan confronted David, that... Yeah, uh, that's a great example. David got s- so upset because of this story, and yeah. then Nathan's like, you're the guy. Yeah. So, uh, he, Jesus kind of went to the same playbook here. And they understood it right away. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is very offensive. So, the, it's I think that actually is one of the more straightforward parables. Yeah, it uh, seems that way. They knew he is talking about us, and uh, then they went out and... Got mad at him and ended up killing him.
1: Yeah. And the, the idea of killing him progresses further and further as we read. Um, they just continue to plot until they can pull it off.
0: And really, the religious leaders are kind of the focal point of almost all of these stories mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. their stories are being told to reveal their hearts or they're trying to trap Jesus is kind of the basic things that we have going on today. What do you want to talk about taxes?
1: Uh, I love this thing about taxes, because I think you can... I mean, you can, you can see this for what it is. It's just Jesus like answering a question that's meant to trap him, basically. This is a setup. Um, but you could probably extrapolate some things from the story. So basically, they're trying to corner Jesus and say, like, hey, should we pay taxes or not? Because if he says that they should, then he's supporting the Romans. And if he says that they shouldn't, then he's not supporting the Romans, so he loses either way. Um, but his answer is basically like, hey, I think that belongs to Caesar. Why don't you just give it back? Um, so Jesus' ability, I mean, obviously, his ability to see these traps coming and, like, figure out the right response is obviously from God and very interesting because it always shocks the people. Um, but what do you what do you think about taxes from this?
0: I, I mean, I think it's consistent with what we see see other places or we will see in Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, like when Paul encourages uh, the Romans to submit to the governing authorities, knowing that that's Nero of the day um it's it's this tension that sometimes is there when you're there's an ungodly government but you're still asked to submit to them as Christians which that's not really that new i mean daniel lived in babylon um there there's been always been interactions with faithful people and ungodly rulers but that doesn't give you a a pass to just do whatever you want
1: it's it's really intriguing to me because i mean if you think about the roman government in jesus day that money was paying for terrible things all over the world, essentially, uh, all over the known world, at least. Um, and
0: Jesus doesn't put a pause on that at all. Kind of, uh, it's a little bit of like, we're in the world, but we're not out of the world.
1: Well, even like, his... you can't
0: even, not just totally separate from, from some institutions, yeah. but we can be different. Even his answer
1: of, like, hey, what's Caesar's? Give back to Caesar. Like, his idea that money is from the government anyway, so... I think in some ways, to me, that goes back to the fact that God provides for us no matter what. And so we believe that if we're, if we're seeking God, we're doing his will, he's going to take care of us. He takes care of the the flowers and the sparrows and, and that story that we heard from Jesus. Um, in a lot of ways, if you see what's given to you by the government as belonging to the government, maybe that frees you from some, mm. some tensions, uh, because Jesus is very quick to say, yeah, go ahead and pay that. And actually, there's another story that you alluded to earlier, um, where Peter was curious about the temple tax. And Jesus does the same thing, basically, like, yeah, make sure you pay it, go fishing. And if
0: anything, that tax may have been a little bit more morally corrupt. Maybe a little weird. Just because it involves worship.
1: Like if we had like a worship center church tax, like, hey, you want to (laughs) come in, you got to pay five bucks, it's like a cover charge for church. Yeah. Um, It'd be a little weird. And I think I like that story related to this story, because actually Jesus provides the provision to pay the tax. Hmm. It's like a, it's, I think supports the fact that everything we have is because God gave it to us. And so if the government requires what the gover- what belongs to the government, fine, give it to them.
0: And then right at the end of the reading today, we've got some interaction with the Sadducees uh, who don't believe in the resurrection, which Ryan's smiling at me because he knows the, cr- the corny joke I'm about uh, to well, do. Well, that's
1: Chelsea's favorite corny joke, and it she's is. not here to, she's not here to crack the joke.
0: I actually was told this by my eighth grade Bible teacher, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, and But I never forget it. If you haven't caught on, what we're referring to is the Sadducees were sad you see. It's embarrassing. Because they did not believe in the resurrection. Oh, man. Sad day. There was no hope in the afterlife. And and Jesus is, uh, again, the leaders are trying to trap him. They're yeah. trying to like get something from the law and say, hey, what's this going to be like in heaven? And Jesus, <laughs> I love how he often insults the religious leaders by saying, don't you know scripture? Yeah. Don't you know what yeah. <laughs> what your book says? Uh, the resurrection is for the living, not for the dead. And we don't need to Can worry about that. you imagine giving that answer like to that. people
1: today? Like, you're asking me these questions, don't you read your Bible?
0: Oh, jeez. Yeah. And especially if you think about it to religious leaders. Like, yeah, we go to a pastor's conference and talk to the main speakers or something like that and say, hey, uh, don't you know what's preaching? Do you even read God's word? <laughs> uh, I
1: do like, I, I had never really noticed the subtlety of his answer before. Um and you can correct me if i'm wrong but basically it seems like what he's saying is like anytime people talk about god being the god of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob it's always in the present tense not the past mm. tense is that kind of what's going on
0: I think it is yeah and um he's he's saying he, they can he continues to be their god because yeah. they continue on Yeah. Yeah uh, and so he's always the god of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob because they They live for eternity. So that, like, very
1: specific concept in that answer is kind of new. Like, I like that was just striking me as Mm. we were reading. I was like, "Oh, that's very cool!" Like, God is actually still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even today. Yeah. So
0: we're not just worshiping history when we talk about it. We're still worshiping present. That's what I love.
1: Like the present tense Mm. of God being the God of these people who, in our world, have passed on but continue to exist because we believe that everyone exists eternally, and so it's. It's really cool, kind of, I don't know, for me, like a little bit faith-building that like, yeah,
0: Abraham continues to exist, and God continues to be his God. Yeah, and this is actually one of the few things that Jesus says about the resurrection. Uh-huh. There's not a whole lot about it. We're going to get some more in First Corinthians chapter 15, uh, but this is, you know, you often hear this idea of, oh, there won't be any marriage in heaven, and everybody always wants to know, but will we know wah, our spouse? Wah, wah. Um, Which I think we will, personally. I don't think they're going to be like, hey, who are you? (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure we'll know who our spouse is. But all kinds of interesting things today. I like it. Any other comments? We'll see you tomorrow. All right. (laughs) Bye. Matthew 21, starting verse
1: 28. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him. While tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. Mark 12.1 Then Jesus began teaching them with stories. A man planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed the servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. The owner then sent another servant, but they insulted him and beat him over the head. The next servant he sent was killed. Others he sent were either beaten or killed, until there was only one left, his son, whom he loved dearly. The owner finally sent him, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But the tenant farmers said to one another, here comes the heir to this estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him and murdered him and threw his body out of the vineyard. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do? Jesus asked. I'll tell you. He will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see. The religious leaders wanted to arrest Jesus because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Matthew 21.33 Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, and dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, Here comes the heir of the estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asked, What do you think he will do to those farmers? The religious leaders replied, He will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard the parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. Luke twenty nine. Now Jesus turned to the people again and told them this story. A man planted a vineyard, leased it to tenant farmers, and moved to another country to live for several years. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop, but the farmers attacked the servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. So the owner sent another servant, but they also insulted him, beat him up, and sent him away empty-handed.
0: A third man was sent, and they wounded him and chased him away. What will I do? The owner asked himself. I know. I'll send my cherished son. They will respect him. But when the tenant farmers saw his son, they said to each other, Here comes the heir to the estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do to them? Jesus asked. I'll tell you. He will come and kill those farmers and lease their vineyard to others. How terrible that such a thing should ever happen, his listeners protested. Jesus looked at them and said, Then what does Scripture mean? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Everyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. The teachers of religious law and the leading priests wanted to arrest Jesus immediately because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Matthew 22 Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went on their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to the servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guest he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Mark chapter 12, verse 13. Later the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus in the saying for which he could be arrested. Teachers, they said, we know you are on- how honest you are. You are impartial. You don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said, why are you trying to trap me? Show me a Roman coin and I'll tell you. Then he handed it to him. He, he said, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well, then Jesus said, give to Caesar's what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. His reply completely amazed them. Matthew chapter 22, verse 15. Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said, why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin you used to pay the tax. For when, when they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them and they went their way, and they went away. Luke chapter 20, verse 20. Watching for their opportunity, the leaders sent spies pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported to the Roman governor so he would arrest Jesus. Teacher, they said, we know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their trickery and said, show me a Roman coin. Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. So they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer, and they became silent. Mark chapter 12, verse 18. Then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow, but he also died without children. Then the third brother married her. This continued with all seven, and there were still no children. Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures. You don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. But now, as to whether the dead will be raised, haven't you ever read about this in the writings of Moses, in the story of the burning bush? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. You have made a serious error. That same day, Jesus was approached by some Pharisees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection of the dead. They posed this question, Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies without children and his His brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children. So his brother married the widow. But the second brother also died, and the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them. Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the scripture, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, there will be neither... They will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. But now as to whether there will be resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living and not the dead. When the crowds heard it, they were astonished at his teachings. Luke chapter 20, verse 27. Then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question, teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife but no children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers, the oldest one married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow, but he also died. Then the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them who died without children. Finally, the woman also died. So tell us whose wife will she be in the resurrection for all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Marriage is for people here on earth, but in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will never die again. In this respect, they will be like angels. They are children of God and children of the resurrection. But now as to whether they will be raised, even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, he referred to the the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead, for they are all alive to him. Well said, teacher remarked some of the teachers of religious law who were standing there, and no one dared to ask him any more questions.
1: Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's Whole Story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM or you could actually email us at podcast@worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.